Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. I was in Pecos, Texas, and it really, 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 really bugs me whenever I hear the, the uh, traffic people in Denver call it Picos. It really makes me mad. I punch stuff and lose my temper. I become totally unchristian-like. But I was in Pecos, Texas at a little town and country. That's kind of like the come and goes or something, just kind of a regional little chain, and I think it's actually stripes now. But me, me and my neighbor, we'd been working cows over in Pecos, and we were sitting there, and we had the horse trailer, and I mean, we was filthy dirty that alkali dirt around Pecos, Texas. If you've ever been there, don't go. Um, you know, it, it's a great place, but still, we were just dirty. You know, we were filthy. You know, I can't explain it. So anyway, we're sitting there and we're filling up with gas and we're both standing outside the truck and we're sitting there talking. And it's one of those because he put a flatbed on his truck and the little gas deal comes out and you can't squeeze it all the way so you got it like on super slow-mo so we're standing out there for 45 minutes well this car with these out-of-town plates and I don't remember where it was this car with out-of-town plates comes up and this dad and son get out and have you ever had somebody talk about you like right there like you're not right there this little kid and I say little he was probably I don't know eight or nine I mean he wasn't like a little video kid but he's like I mean three feet from us he's like dad there's some cowboys <laughs> And y'all cowboys, you know what I'm talking about because you never know how to respond to that. You're just like, you got that cheesy smile on your face. You don't really know what to say. And, you know, and so the dad walks up and he's like, he's looking at a museum exhibit. You're sure right, son. Those guys right there, that's the real McCoys, son. I didn't know who McCoy was, okay? So anyway, they keep going on and on and it's getting that awkward deal and you kind of have that awkward smile like, hey, how you doing? He's like, those are the real deal. And I mean, the dad starts pointing out the horses and he's like, look at the horses. And you know, I was just like, what are we in a museum exhibit or something? And so anyway, my, my buddy, he, he goes inside to pay and I'm gonna finish uh, filling up and everything. So. I know he leaves, he's like, you finish and I'm gonna go inside. Cause he got tired of standing there like he was a piece of cake or something, I guess. And so I'm standing there and I'm trying to, you know, look cool and not walk off. And I, how you doing, you know, and everything. So he's like, oh, those are the real McCoy, son. One day you can be one of those cowboys too, if you want to. And I'm like, don't do that. I'm beat up, dirty, don't make no money, but it's a great life. And so anyway, I, I'm standing there and he just keeps going on about the real McCoy. These are the true cowboys. These are true cowboys right here, son. Look right there. And so finally I thought, you know what? I'm going to go act like I'm going to get something out of the truck just so I can get away from this exhibit or anything. And of course, you know, whenever you have somebody like that, I'll never forget the first time I was actually in Pecos, Texas. I was working for Bad Company Rodeo and I was like the low man on the totem pole. I was the guy that when somebody got mad, I was there just so somebody could kick somebody. That was my job, is to just get kicked. And one of my responsibilities is to get the flank cinches out of the arena. And so I was walking around there, and that's a, that's a big old arena if you've ever been there. And so I'm putting flank cinches on my back, and I'm walking down next to the stands, and this little boy's like, hey, cowboy, will you sign this for me? <laughs> that was the first time I ever got asked for my autograph. So anyway, I signed it. Kevin with bad company road. And so I was kind of feeling like that at the gas station. You know, yeah, I'm a cowboy. Cowboy. Kind of stand up a little taller, hook your thumbs in your britches, spit. 
So I thought, you know what? I'm gonna act like I'm getting something out of the truck. And I stepped over the gas hose and caught my spur on it and fell flat down on my face. So I just rolled under the truck like I was gonna check something underneath the truck. True cowboys, true cowboys. That's what, that's what I am, true cowboy right there. Cause that, I became a true cowboy when that happened, not any of that other stuff. Cause if somebody's gonna make a fool of themselves, it's gonna be a real cowboy, I guarantee you. We're gonna talk about over the next couple of weeks, two, three, four, probably four weeks, about being true to the Lord, being a true cowboy in God's outfit. And if you've got your Bibles, turn to Philippians chapter 4. And in Philippians chapter 4, verse 1, Paul says, Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stay true to the Lord. Well, what, what, do, what does that mean, stay true to the Lord? Does that mean that, that we have to, like, go to church every single Sunday? That's going to make you true to the Lord? Now, I, I think meeting together, that, that's an integral part of, of especially growing in your Christianity. I don't think that you can necessarily grow all by yourself because nobody's pushing you, nobody's holding you accountable, or uh, nobody's there riding with you. So I think going to church is one of those things, but, but is that what Paul's talking about? Is Paul talking about going to church? Is he talking about, you know, reading your Bible? I read a chapter a day. I know people that's read that entire Bible front to back 16 times and still don't know what it says. So I, I don't think that that's necessarily what Paul's talking about, being true to the Lord. But what we're going to be talking about is Paul starts going over what does it mean to be true to the Lord. He starts it out and he says, Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stay true to the Lord. I love you and I long to see you, dear friends, for you are my joy and the crown I receive for my work. In this sermon series, like I said, we'll learn how to be true cowboys in God's outfit. And then, so Paul opens it up. He's, he, in that opening paragraph, he's like, stay true to the Lord. And then over the next four paragraphs, he explains how to do that. Philippians chapter 4. Now in verse 2 and 3, this is what he says. He says, now I appeal to you. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce these. If I pull a hamstring, I hope we have an EMT in here. Now I appeal to you, Udia, and what would you say, Sandy? Syntec. Yeah, we're going to call it Syntec. <laughs> Sounds like a bomb. <laughs> well... <laughs> You'll know why it sounds like a bomb in just a second. Now I appeal to you, Udia and Syntec, please, because you belong to the Lord, settle your disagreement. Now these, these two, don't name your kids Udia or Syntec, okay? You people that like Bible names, don't do that. That's dumb, okay? Uh, now I appeal to you, Udia and Syntec, please, because you belong to the Lord, settle your disagreement. And then Paul's going to ask another person to try to help them settle this disagreement. And he says, and I ask you, my true partner, to help these two ladies. Now, I know that not much has changed in 2,000 years because we got two ladies squabbling over something, okay? Now, Paul said it. I didn't. Y'all go take it up with Paul. That's biblical right here, okay? That's a joke. But, you know, okay, we're going to keep going. <laughs> we're going to talk about disagreements in just a second. It's a great sermon. We might not have as many people here next week. And I ask you, my true partner, to help these two women, for they worked hard with me in telling others the good news. They worked along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers whose names are written in the book of life. And that's basically all he has to say about that. Now, a couple of things about this. Now, obviously, Paul addresses it in his letter, so, so it, it must have been a pretty good squabble. But but it wasn't anything moral or he would have said anything about it. It wasn't anything theological or he would have said anything about it. It was probably just one of those deals where two people had different opinions and they 
were standing their ground and they wouldn't let it go. That's what we're going to talk about. Where do disagreements come from? Anybody in here ever had a disagreement? <laughs> Has anybody in here not had a disagreement today? I'm telling you what, man, if, the, if there is something in this world right now, it's like we walk around trying to figure out what we can disagree with. Well, I don't agree with that. So what? Shut up. Nobody wants your opinion. Nobody wants my opinion. Where do disagreements come from? Well, one of the first things that I think, especially in a church, but, th but this applies to your workplace, it applies to your family life, it applies to your married life, it applies to you and your kids' life, your friends' life, you know, you and your friends. It, it has everything. But one of the places that disagreements come from is unity versus uniformity. Now, now what do I mean by that? In this church, as in any church, I believe that we must always strive for unity, but never for uniformity. Does that make sense? We always need to be of one mind. We need to come together as a group of people. And I'm talking about the Christi Christianity as a whole. We need to come together and and you know, be who we are, keep our focus on Christ. You know, I, I hate, <clears throat> I'm just going to come out and say it. I hate Baptists, I hate Methodists, I hate Catholics, I hate all of these different deals. Not because of who they are, because those are divisions. I hate the body of Christ that is divided. There's only one God in three persons, and we should all be united. Now, I'm not saying anything bad about those. These are just different radio stations on the radio dial. You know what? What works for one doesn't work for another. But we can still be unified without being unified. Form. Does that make sense? Unity is sticking together no matter what comes up. You know, and, and I'm here to say that, that I'm sure somebody will take that out of context. That preacher saved the cowboy, said he hated Baptists and Methodists and Catholics and Presbyterians and Assemblies of God and all that. I don't hate nobody. I love everybody. You know, that, that's not what I'm saying. But until, and, and I'm calling out the pastors, the preachers, these people, there will be, never be unity in the body of Christ until we quit talking bad about e each other, okay? You're not going to hear me talking bad about the Baptists. You're not going to hear, if I do, it's a joke. I joke all the time. But we must strive for unity. Unity is sticking together no matter what comes up. Unity happens when, some, when, when something is bigger than ourselves, and that's the goal. When there's a goal that's bigger than ourselves, we can all come together and you want to talk about unity the perfect example of unity have a Texan and a Montana cowboy start a ranch together you will learn about unity versus uniformity there it never fails I mean I'll say a Ty says B Ty says B I say a but you know what? In the grand scheme of things, I'm in charge of Save the Cowboy, and I asked Ty to do the ranching part, and you know what I do? If he asks me my opinion, I tell him, and then I say, whatever you want to do, you're in charge of that. That's how we get along. That's how we keep our unity. We're not going to do things the same way. I can't help it that he can't take his hat to Brooks and have it creased. That, I mean, it's not my problem. It's fine. And he knows I'm joking. We are still unified. There is nothing uniform about me and Ty Weber at all, at all. But we are still of one mind because both of us know that this, this ranch, this ministry, it's bigger than Ty and I. It's bigger than all of us put together. It's about God and it's about Jesus Christ. Unity happens when we realize 
that the goal is bigger than ourselves. Unity happens when we put our selfish ways behind us because that's where disagreement, that's where unity is divided. When, when, we, when we think that, well, what I think, what I think, who cares what you think? Who cares what I think? You don't know how many times <laughs> it, it happened on Facebook this morning and I, you know, I have to put everything because we got a huge internet ministry and I know a lot of y'all here are on Facebook, a lot of you hate it. It's nothing but a tool, you know, sometimes it is a tool. And and, um, but it's a great way to reach people with the gospel. But I saw some people, uh, well, I saw one, there was a discussion about faith going on. And I wrote something about 22 times and deleted it every time because nobody cares what I think. I mean, honestly, this was a chicken or the egg conversation and nothing good was going to come out of it. It was just going to be a bunch of people saying, I think the egg came first, I think the chicken came first. That's all it was going to be. Unity happens when we realize that the goal is bigger than ourselves. Unity happens when we put our selfish ways behind us. And unity happens when we can disagree without disapproving. That's a big thing for me. In our boundaries class on Sunday nights, if you, if you would like to come to our boundaries class, uh, if you have trouble saying no or you don't have good fence line boundaries in your life, is, this is a great, great time to come. But, but one thing that, that I have to work with is kind of whenever I was raised, and I'm not speaking ill of, of my parents or anything because I can't really point to a particular deal, and maybe I made this up, but I always equated that if somebody disagreed with me, that they disapproved of me. And, and that's not true. We can dis Me and Ty can disagree without disapproving of each other. He's going to do things the way he does it, and I'm going to do things the way I do it. And knowledge and wisdom is trying to learn for what works best for you. I've learned things from Ty. Ty's learned things from me. We must strive for unity. See, God uses unity to unite us all together. Now, I know that, that that's, that's a real deep thought. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of dumb. God uses unity to unite us all together. And, and that's what the church should be. The church should be united. We should come together for one reason, under one man and for one purpose. And the man I'm talking about is Jesus Christ. It's not about Save the Cowboy. It's not about Kevin Weatherby. It's not about Ty Weber. It's about Jesus Christ and God sending his son to die on the cross for us. We must be unified. We can't let these petty disagreements like Paul talked about to be true followers of God. We can't let these petty disagreements come between us to break the unity. The problem with uniformity is this. Uniformity is everyone agreeing with everything. Nobody's going to agree with everything that you say, want, or do. It's not going to happen. Too many churches, too many families, too many friends, too many co-workers, they want everybody to think the same way and do the same thing. And you know what? I saw a quote one time at my grandmother's house. It was on one of those little flip deals that everybody has, like in the bathroom or something, that good old reading material, I reckon. And it said that in any given relationship, there a relationship is usually dominated. Notice I said dominated. A relationship is usually dominated by the most childish person. Think about that. They just gripe and bellyache until they get their way. They want everybody to be uniform. They want everybody to think like they do, do things the way that they would do them. Nobody's going to do things the way you like it done. It's just not going to happen. Uniformity tries to put God in a box with only one method or one way to handle a situation. There are denominations that are divided over the smallest thing where people say, I think, and the other per 
people say, I think. You know what? We don't need to be divided. We're not going to be uniform. You're not going to agree with everything I say. I'm not going to agree with everything you say. I've had people, I've been a pastor long enough, I have people leave the church because over one thing I said. Isn't it nice that the preacher doesn't go up to you and say, you know what? Don't ever come back here because I don't like what you said the other day. You know, we're not going to be uniform. Thank you. <laughs> we're not going to all think like each other. Quit, quit expecting that if you hear somebody say something and you don't agree with it. Who cares? They got to deal with that. Uniformity is everyone agreeing with everything. And uniformity tries to put God in a box with only one method or one way to handle a situation. Well, what I would do in that situation. Who cares? Who cares? Let's focus on the one thing that is most important. Uniformity says that the way you believe is the way God believes. Here's a quote. I want you to remember this. Here it is. We have successfully created God in our own image when God believes the exact same way we do about everything. You ever know anybody like that? They know what God thinks about everything, anything, and everything, and they're always right. And they can, they can go pull a scripture out of context to prove that they're right because they have successfully created God in their own image because God thinks just like they do about anything and everything. You know what? I wish God agreed with me on everything because it would make my life a whole lot simpler because he steps on my toes all the time. I say, God, I'm going to do this. And he goes, no, don't do that. That's the easy way. Go do it the hard way. What? You know, God, <laughs> uniformity says that the way you believe is the way God believed. Probably not the case, people. That's uniformity. We must always strive for unity in the church, whether we're talking about Save the Cowboy or Christianity as a whole. We must strive for unity, but never, never, never expect uniformity. That is the essence of pride, and pride comes before the fall, does it not? I've got a confession to make. This is not going to be easy, but it's probably not going to surprise some of you people. I think I'm always right, and so do you. You know why? You know why I think I'm always right? I I'm standing up here right now. I think that I am always right, because why would I intentionally be wrong? Think about that. Why would I intentionally be wrong? Now, when I say that I think that I'm always right, that does not mean to say that I can look back and say that I've never got it wrong. I've got it wrong probably more times than I've got it right. But the difference between those two things is this, confidence versus arrogance. We're talking about disagreements, about how to be a true cowboy. If we want to be unified, we cannot expect uniformity. And you know what? I want all of us to be confident in God. I want you to stand up and be confident in your salvation. I want you to be confident in your walk with God. But I do not want any of us to be arrogant. What's the difference? Confidence says, I believe that I have the wisdom and experience and authority to know the right way. I want to make the call. And when it comes to Save the Cowboy, I have a lot of wisdom and, well, that's depends on who you're measuring that up against, okay? I have a lot of experience of doing things the wrong way, and I know some of you <laughs> that are still here, most of them that aren't, they're not going to hear this, and um, when, when you don't agree with what I'm doing, there's a reason I'm doing it the way I'm doing it, okay? You can't look at this much of a situation and think you know this much about it. I'm confident that I can... Use what I've got at the right moment, at the right time, with the information and the tools and the information available to 
confidently make a correct decision. Does that mean that it's always going to be right? No, it's not. But that's confidence standing up and saying, you know what? I want to make that call. Arrogance, on the other hand, says, I believe that my way is the only way and it is better than your way. That's arrogance. There is a, there, there is a difference as far as the east is from the west. East is from the west. About confidence and arrogance. Arrogance says, I believe that I know the way and my way is the only way and it's better than your way. That's arrogance. That is not confidence. True cowboys settle their disagreements. Where do disagreements come from? from? They come from expecting uniformity instead of unity. We're not all going to think the exact same way. Where does disagreements come from? They come from a misunderstanding of confidence and arrogance. You know what confidence does? And I've seen Ty do this so many times. Ty is confident in his horse training ability. That does not mean to say that he knows it all. He will never say that. But when somebody has a problem and they ask him his opinion, he'll say, this is the way I do it. And he'll confidently tell somebody how to fix their deal. And I have seen it with my own eyes and I go, <laughs> awesome. I just stand back and just watch because they say, well, I don't agree with that. Ty says, I ain't going to argue with you about it. Confidence never argues. There's no point. They ask him his opinion. He gave his opinion and he's not going to argue with them about his opinion. They can have their own opinion. He didn't ask theirs. Confidence doesn't have to argue. Arrogance always, always argue. Arrogance will argue till they're blue in the face. Do you know that person in the gray shirt and the black hat that stands up on the stage and can argue with a fence post? It's because sometimes he falls prey and he's arrogant. And I'm sorry for that. Arrogance versus confidence. We're talking about disagreements within the church. We're talking about disagreements within your family. We're talking about disagreements with, with so-called friends. We're talking about disagreements in your workplace. Whatever the case may be, they come from a misunderstanding of unity versus uniformity. They come from a misunderstanding of arrogance versus confidence. We should be unified. We should have unity. We should be confident. Be confident enough to not argue with anybody. So how do we settle these disputes? How do we settle these disagreements? Because true cowboys, they can settle it up. And I'm not talking about the, the old way, the way we used to do things. Well, and, and I was like this. I know my mom didn't like my wife whenever we first got together. But after we got married, my mom went up to my wife and said, what have you done to my my son. Christy's like, what are you talking about? She goes, he's not mad anymore. See, I used to be really, really, really arrogant, and I probably had a little bit of a skinny man syndrome, because if you said something that I didn't like, I was going to tell you that you were stupid, and if you wanted to fight about it, we could fight about it, and I lost a lot more fights than I ever won, but it wasn't about winning or losing. It was about the reckoning, and I was going to have a reckoning, but then I learned that that's stupid. That is stupid. That's divisive. God uses unity to unite us all together, but Satan uses uniformity to tear us all apart. True cowboys settle their disagreements, and I'm talking about true cowboys that ride for God's outfit. How do you do it? Here's three steps. This is not an all-inclusive. This is not saying that Kevin's way. Kevin came up with these three things that he found in the Bible, and um, there's no other way. I'm not saying that. These are just three tools that you can use if and when you have a disagreement. Number one, here it is. Methods do not matter. I'm going to do things different than Ty does it. We were talking about building the pins the other day, and there was three of us, and we had six different design plans. It was crazy. It, methods don't matter. What are we trying to accomplish? That's what matters. At the end of the day, have we succeeded in doing what God called us to do? That's what matters. Methods do not matter. 
Methods may work better for one person or another. Methods don't matter. Quit arguing and having so many disagreements over methods. Just ask yourself, are we still accomplishing, even if it's the hard way, even if you think it's a stupid way, even if you think your way is 10 times better, you do it that way, let somebody else do it another way. Methods do not matter. And you know what denominations are? They're methods. I truly believe that there's going to be a ton of Catholics, there's going to be a ton of Baptists, a ton of Methodists. There's going to be a ton of people that probably didn't go to church that are going to be in heaven. Methods don't matter. Faith in Jesus Christ is what matters. Do not let differing methods start disagreements. Methods don't matter. Number two, know your pay grade, okay? Know your pay grade. And what I mean by that is... If I go to your house, if I go over to Sandy's house, and I say, I wouldn't put a gate right there. I'd put a gate over here. She outweighs me in her pay grade. She's the one that paid for it. She's the one that said it. She gets to make the decision. It ain't none of my business. Know your pay grade, okay? Because here's the deal. Troublemakers point out problems. Problem solvers serve their way into implementing a solution. Know your pay grade. If it's not any of your business, keep your mouth shut. That's just it. And, and I'll say that within my marriage. Because when it comes to the house, my wife has to say, she does the cooking, she does the cleaning, she does the arranging, she does everything. She, her pay grade is above mine because she works her butt off there. Now, if she asks me my opinion, you know what? I'll give it to her. And I always end it by saying, but that's completely up to you, honey. I'll back you whatever you decide to do. And sometimes I don't like it. I know my pay grade. I am very well aware of my pay grade. My pay grade when it comes to that area right there is underneath her. Know your pay grade. If it's not your responsibility, your decision, and you're not the one that's going to have to deal with the consequences, keep your mouth shut. Know your pay grade. And the third thing, the devil is in the details. This kind of goes back to methods. You know what? The longer you talk to somebody, you're always going to find something that you can disagree with. Always. Well, I don't... You, the, I mean, you start having a conversation. You ever tried to have a conversation about religion or politics or horse training? Woo! It's best just to avoid all of those things right there. Because the devil is in the details, but God is in the goal. Make sure that we know what the goal is. Make sure that we... There, there's a part... And I believe it's in Philippians. I nearly posted it on Facebook. And I just knew that it would start a fight and all this, so I didn't put it. But it basically says this. Paul says, I know some preachers that are out there and they're preaching for the wrong reasons. They're saying things that may not always be true. But you know what? They're still proclaiming the Word of God and I'm not going to say anything bad about them. That's biblical. So you preachers that might be listening, shut up. Quit talking bad about other churches and other institutions and everything like that. Just shut your mouth. You're talking about methods and you're talking about details. We should strive for unity, not disagreements. Apply these things. You want to be a true cowboy? You want to be somebody that rides down that narrow trail? That narrow trail, God is not a God of confusion, but of love. This world would be so much better without all the petty disagreements that were going on. There's going to be some big things, and those things, we can help each other settle. But these little, these little details, these little methods, well, I don't agree with that, I don't agree. Who cares? Just like Paul said, he said, and I ask you, my true partner, or he says, please, because you belong to the Lord, settle your disagreements. Be the bigger person. You don't have to... When you walk away, that doesn't mean that you are suddenly agreeing with everything. You're just agreeing to disagree. That's fine. Walking away doesn't mean you won. It means I'm bigger and I value our unity more than our petty differences. 
that's probably nothing more than details or methods. Paul says, stay true to the Lord. You want to stay true to the Lord? Quit your disagreement with everything. We're going to have Save the Cowboy 101 in just a little while, and I urge all of you to stay. We're going to have some food. It doesn't matter if you brought anything or not. I brought a big old bag of chips. We can all have one. I don't care. We can send somebody for some bologna and some spam, okay? The stuff I talk about at Save the Cowboy 101, I can only guarantee one thing. You are not going to agree with everything that I say, and I am absolutely fine with that, and I hope that you are too, because our goal here at Save the Cow is to grow our relationships with God, to grow together, to make, we're going to spend eternity with each other. We might as well learn to get along now, okay? I know that's going to be hard for some of you. It's going to be hard for me too. Guys, I love y'all. I only want what's best for you. I always think I'm right, but I'm not always right. I'm growing. I'm learning. And I know you are too. Join with me. Let's get united. You know what we can do, whether you're watching on the internet or listening on the radio or attending here. You know what would happen if we truly came together? We would change this community. We could change this state. We could change this country. We can change this world, but we can only do it unified. We can never do it alone. Let's go to God in prayer. God, I thank you so much for your message today. Help us to be unified. God, in just a few moments, we're going to have two ladies come up, be baptized into this. God, help. we just thank you so much for these two confessions of faith today and following you into the death and burial and resurrection, becoming new creations. And God, we encourage all of the people, whether they, if you're leading them to do it again, to just not be afraid, to step out and become a cowboy in your outfit, be baptized into it. For you are, your son is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through the Son. God, I pray that your spirit will touch each and every person. Listen, it's in Jesus' name I pray.